Hey, Dan, how you doing, man? Hello, Dave. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you today? Not bad. Had a good bike ride today. So it was that, and it's chilly out, which is weird uh, because it's middle of June and it's 14 degrees. What is it, about 600 degrees in Yerevan? Uh, 8,000. Uh, <laughs> 8, oh, it's gone up, has it? Yeah, it's a bit, you know, too hot, but I will survive. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you can just put you put you can put cake batter out on the street, and you can have a cake uh, two hours later. It's uh, that's how it works there. Um, how how are things been in the last couple of weeks? Been because we haven't talked, we haven't recorded it at least in a couple of weeks. How are things? Not much changed. Like we right. got our plane tickets, and Yay. we will move to Canada on twenty first of June. Woo-hoo. Hopefully, we will settle for first 40 days in Coquitlam, uh, British Columbia. Right. And I hope everything will be good right. for us. Yeah. So, but we missed um, the important, you know, date because there was 100 days of Russian-Ukrainian war. Ah, it's true. Uh, so this, you know, horrific situation is continuing. Indeed. And Today, we decided to discuss further perspectives of this conflict. What's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, some forecasts and impact of this war on Ukrainian and Russian societies. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of these things uh, we should let everybody know that neither Dan or I nor I are experts in anything other than the areas of psychology we like. <laughs> but we're going to but we've read books, we know things, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about what we think might happen. And we hope that it will be interesting for our listeners. Yes, of course we do. Uh, no, to heck with them. What did they pay us? Nothing. Um, I kid. I kid. I. I, Did you I get paid? No, no, we, we don't get paid. Uh, I don't have any ads on the website. Uh, so I don't know. I've thought about this. First of all, I mean, I think everybody originally thought, a lot of people thought it would be over very quickly, and that's clearly not going to be the case. At some point, this has to end. So I guess the first thing we should dis- discuss is, do you think it's actually going to end anytime soon? Like, can you see it ending in a year? Can you see it ending in five months, two months? Like, it's not ending next week. Yeah, um, obviously. But what do we have now? Like, there is a battle of artilleries. Am I yeah, pronouncing it, this Yeah, ar- artillery. Yep. Artillery. So, and uh, this, you know, couple of weeks, Russia has some kind of advantage in artillery. Yep. And, you know, Western countries... Uh, hesitate to provide uh, Ukrainian army with some, you know, heavy uh, weaponry. Tanks and planes. I don't think they want to give them tanks and planes, but I know there are... It's artillery. Yeah, it's all... It's it's basically basically World War I now. Um, It's the Western Front in World War I. It's small gains, then they go back the other way, and there are, are, are artillery duels. And, you know, World War One ended because one side basically collapsed, the German side collapsed. But, you know, at some point, um, and soldiers stopped obeying orders, right? Uh, at some point, though, I wonder if, I mean, that may be the case here. Maybe at some point they just, the, the Russian guys just go, I, that's it, I can't do this anymore. And there are reports of that happening. 
yeah, but, but not on a big level. No, not on a big level. So yeah. I just don't think it will, you know, stop this year in 2022. I don't, I don't either, no. So we have a situation where both sides don't want to negotiate because uh, Ukrainians suppose they will have more weapons from, you know, NATO allies and uh, they will have an advantage as they have a lot of people who want actually want to serve in army. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's it's easy to get people to sign up when somebody's invaded your country. (laughs) Yeah, and they have advantage in battle spirit, you can call it. So they defend their own land, they don't have Uh lack of motivation and they're and they obviously won this first, uh, you know, stage of this war because they stopped Russian yeah. on, se- on several fronts, like yes. uh, near Kiev and near Kharkiv. Yep. And that's a great victory for Ukrainian army. So they kind of on a, uh, oh, how, how to say this in English? Oh. No, I think I think they're on a bit of a on a rise on a rise okay. on a high. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's not as much as it was a few weeks ago, but yeah, I yeah. think they feel good I and mean, they are getting Western artillery uh, and which is um, a lot more accurate than so <laughs> Soviet. Well, it is Soviet era and artillery. They need just so. like more gunpowder because they yeah. have less artillery. That's it's right. Not about accuracy because Russian artillery has not very good accuracy but like they compensate they, they this with, with lots gunpowder. Yeah. yeah so but Russia again like they are uh, stopped to lose so much troops last week they changed tactics yep. and became more efficient and they just can stop this war because it will lead to the collapse in internal policy like so you think that you think if you think if tomorrow let's say tomorrow and this is not, not going to happen but if tomorrow putin said that's it that's it it's done it's done we made our point we're finished <laughs> um do you think people would get upset like the general no, public? no. the general public is you know it's sad to say that but the general public's opinion is not that important yeah because uh obviously we have like a bit different political system, it's it looks like more more like a feudal system. Yes. Like Putin is kind of emperor or a king, and he has like lords and you know nobles, and they have uh, their own pieces of property mm-hmm. and uh, their own resources. It's important who supports Putin from those. Circles of influence, as we call it in Russia. So, and general public's opinion is kind of think which not that important because obviously it will. So Putin is afraid of his, you know, special forces because they can really overthrow him, but they don't, you know. Uh, do that, uh, at least for now, yeah, uh, because now, yeah. they they are afraid of each other because there are several special forces, you know, agencies yeah. and committees, and they are like um, control each other and yes. they don't trust each other. 
it's like you know if we will make a game of thrones uh, yeah. analogy it's like you know Baratheons and starks and lannisters and all of these right. guys and they don't trust each other so he, uh, they can't cooperate to overthrow putin and who will be like next putin uh, it's a problem because putin yeah. has so enormous power and absolute monarchy or something like that and yeah. uh, no one can take such a power uh, with you know and everybody else won't yeah. agree for that so right. it, it obviously will be kind of you know uh, uh, not really pleasant situation with some kind of civil war in these elite groups and, and that's one of the possible things that happens right i mean it could be the case that you end up with like if, if if Putin's actually as sick as people as the rumors say, and he's only got you know maybe a year or six months to live or something, <laughs> if only. Um, what ha- I mean, if, if that's the case, someone has to take over. And what I've heard a lot of, I've read some people saying things like, "Well, if somebody else takes over from him, there's no guarantee that person's going to be." less Putin-like. In fact, they be maybe more Putin-like than Putin. <laughs> so you may end up with somebody following him who's actually almost worse. Um, and that's, you know, true. We had Stalin after Lenin, for example. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Putin was after Yeltsin. <laughs> he always lived Brezhnev after yeah. Khrushchev. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, yeah, there's like a, like a pattern there. It's a possibility. There. <laughs> it's, a possibility yeah. it's a bit more complicated in right. terms of is this, you know, connections because, you know, people abroad don't understand how Russian political system works because it's, you know, too foreign for such people as yeah. Yubei, for example, because it's like, you know, uh, time travel 500 years ago and you just can imagine that people will like poison each other or stab uh, in the corridors of some buildings and well it's funny when when this all started um you know when 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 russia invaded ukraine uh, and i remember i was we were talking and i was concerned about you and your family and and I actually emailed my MP and I, I just said, you should also, I, we should be accepting as many Ukrainian refugees as want to come. I said, but also we have to keep in mind that there are people who want to leave Russia and are making an active you know, point of doing this. And please keep them in mind as well. I just, you know, that's all I said. And he responded to me in about an hour. And I remember telling you and you said, uh, if I tried to email my um, uh, member of the state Duma, he'd probably just tell me to fuck off. <laughs> So, I mean, just even that is very indicative of what's got what the difference. Like, again, imagine you are, for example, medieval serf, right? And you go to your noble and think, uh, you know, my you know field is not okay. I need some repair works, please. You know, build a road or something. What will happen? Like, yeah. <laughs> you, Obviously, you know, if you would be told to fuck off, it's you know a light option. <laughs> Yeah, that's the light option, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it, so it different. So work. we don't know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work like that. So, uh, what happened with Russian society? It moved from like flawed uh, democracy, some type ish, yes, in nineties, and yes. now it's kind of really feudal system. But it should right. replace land as a main resource on right. oil. And 
that works out. So all people who, you know, involved in uh, oil mining and, you know, transferring oil and selling oil uh, and gas and metals, you know, like all these natural resources, they are kind of, you know, feudal like uh, lords and dukes and all of that. They have resources and they get this, you know, resources uh, for loyalty, not for intelligence, not for yeah. bravery, not so for some bureaucratic things, not because they're elected or something like that. It's yeah. Generally, like, you know, a medieval king gives a piece of land to his knights for loyal service and yeah. they can, can beat people there and like rape women, but they should be loyal and come to the poll when, yes. uh, you know, some army invades the kingdom. Like, it's generally works like that. Right. So what, what actually happened? Like, Putin made a horrible, a series of horrible decisions this year. Yeah. And those guys lost a lot of their property. Right. But not all guys like Russian elite groups uh, were divided into two big groups. So the first group was kind of globalized people who mm -hmm. earned money in Russia, transferred them uh, in uh, Switzerland to some banks or something yep. like that. And yep. they were like, just, we want to buy an apartment in London. We want to send our kids to like join, uh, you know, Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard or something like that. Yeah. They were globalized and they were more liberal ones. Sure. Not actually liberal, but more but liberal. More, yeah. It's, yes, yeah. yes. It's, it's a matter of a degree here, everybody. Yeah. So you should realize these aren't a bunch of, I don't know, None of these guys that vote for Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, it's like so, they're... So Trump for them is kind of too liberal guy. Yeah, but, <laughs> yes. but still... That puts, it, that puts it in perspective. Well done. Good. Uh, so I, I guess this example would illustrate this. It does. <laughs> it's good. That's really... That's good. Yeah. So, so Trump is too, is, too, is doing too much with this, you know, liberties and all of that, you know. There's <laughs> too much liberty under Trump. Yes, that's good. Yeah. So... Uh, they were kind of more liberal and they were um, interested in saving like export and having free trade or sure. partly free trade and interaction with Western countries and negotiating or something like that. They were hurt severely by these sanctions. Mm -hmm. So they lost their property and they lost their influence. So yeah. in this term, sanctions worked not that good because you know the second group had all money in russia right and they were less liberal because they had no necessity to negotiate with anybody yep. and they like you know not donald trump like of people they are like more Hebbers or hitler type of people yeah or uh, Putin. yeah so <laughs> it's like absolute you know troglodytes and now they became more influential because the first group yeah. lost its influence and now they're like ruling yeah. the country. So yes. these sanctions work badly uh, in this term because they're supported more yeah. of group of people. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to. I mean, I've I've always said that about, about sanctions is that one of the things about them, even if you can target them a lot, they're still pretty. It's, it's still a pretty blunt instrument. You're still killing a fly with a hammer. Um, yeah. But so when all you have is a good analogy. So when all, all exactly. you've got's a hammer. That's what you use. But and it is you like that. Yeah. A wrong fly. <laughs> and sometimes you hit the wrong fly. Yeah. Sometimes you hit. Uh, oh, geez. I, I'm going to torture this analogy. So I'm going to stop. I was going to go into a whole thing about pollinators. So I'm not going to do it. But uh, yeah. So you can end up hitting the wrong fly, as you said. But also you can end up. Um, yeah. It's just it's a blunt instrument. And it didn't. So now. Yeah. Uh, we see the station where was the first group who could be some sort of you know, agent of changes is completely destroyed and completely and utterly destroyed in terms of influence. Right. And the second group gained all the power, but they won't, you know, change the politics within the country. So we can just, you know, uh, put forward the hypothesis that, you know, this next, you know, uh, government or, you know, parliament or like elite groups will be uh, less democratic. But right. on the other hand, they will need to make a point that we are not Putin, like he did the bad thing. Yeah. And now yeah. we are good guys who try yeah. to fix this because Obviously, they can't continue the same policy with it because in Russia, every next ruler uh, builds his strategy on denying the previous one. Well, uh, that's and that isn't only Russian. That's the the difference is the, the kind of weird policies, perhaps. But so degree of this denying exactly. Is I mean, it's yeah, too much. You, it's but too drastic. you still hear you, you still hear. I mean, the, the the current. I mean, and I mean, I voted for the current Canadian government, and they they still blame Stephen Harper sometimes for things, and he hasn't been the prime minister since 2015. Uh, every political party, every politician does this, but so I, I also get what you're saying, and it's also the, the difference in the kind of things that are being done is obviously qualitatively very different. So we have a weird situation mm -hmm. with like the next people in power yep. will deny, you know, the Putin's legacy. But obviously the next government, the next parliament will be formed from people who even less liberal than current ones. It, yeah, so it could be, right? And, unless unless out. somebody unless somebody shows up who's a real visionary and captures uh, but I mean, what's the chance of that? Th those people don't show up that often. They're pretty rare. Uh, the problem is from which you know great yeah. house of Russia it will come. Like, <laughs> there is no random people from street who you know give a charismatic speeches and they are just elected. It, it maybe we can maybe we can at, maybe we can ask Germany to let Lenin out of prison. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it, it is one of these things that. I mean, but let's assume. So it's going to end someday. I mean, it has to. Wars don't last forever. Eventually, you run out of stuff to kill each other with. So, um, you know, and eventually, too, I mean, when it starts to get to the point where a lot of people are seeing their sons coming home in body bags, I think it starts to have a play a role. People can get pretty angry. People got pretty angry about um, Afghanistan. I, so I can't, like... I don't understand understand Russian society. So 
Yeah, and I you grew was, up in it. I was born in Russia. Yeah. I was raised in Russia. I graduated from school, from university. Yeah. I got married. I had my own child. I don't understand where, you know, we call it the red light lies. Yeah. So where where is the point when people uh, starting to understand something wrong is happening and thinking no more i won't accept this i should go and right. do something with it so i don't understand because uh for several times i thought that's it like after Crimea annexation and oil prices drop <laughs> with awful economic crisis when yeah. we lost like 30 percent of gdp per capita yeah it's horrible result I thought people wouldn't be like pleased with it. No, they just celebrated Crimean annexation. You know, after that we had you know this horrible situation with our constitution when Putin changed it, uh, changed it drastically, and you know signed some awful like racist homophobic shit there, like in constitution, and like there was some small protests. No, but it was like no, okay, and COVID with one million of additional deaths. Like yeah, it's you know catastrophes that Russia uh, didn't see from uh, like World War Two. Yeah, and, last time that many people would have been World War Two. Sure, yeah. And people still against vaccination and <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't, I know this war, I thought like this war should be this, you know, situation. It's obviously a mis horrible mistake and it, it's awful and there are, uh, you know, numerous uh, war crimes and it's awful. People are dying, economy is dying, everything is. And like, I know a lot of people personally who support this from yeah. my you know, classmates from school, yeah. group mates from university, my current students, and I can say this is, you know, uh, you know, bots of Kremlin or something like it's actual people I really know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And they support that. And uh, we have no independent sociology, so I don't really understand the scale of support. No, I don't think we can know that in an authoritarian it's, country. We just can't. You know, I, are there any independent 20, polling firms? You know, yeah, it's twenty percent or sixty percent or eighty percent or what? Like, I, I have no idea. So I suppose that, like, in Russian societies, there was a problem, like, uh, with you know, Crimean annexation, all, all of that. Like, there was a minority, but you know, significant minority, maybe fifteen, twenty, twenty-five million of people who right. wanted like more. European-like democratic uh, Russia with maybe, you know, uh, parliamentary republic or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the majority of people who don't think about politics, they don't want to, like, uh, it, I read so, books about that. And it's so strange. This The idea that people don't care about that. But then again, there are people all over the world like that. But what I'm saying is that I find it odd that, you know, Russia has been a democracy in all of its history for about five years in the 1990s. <laughs> like, that's it. Um, I, I say a bit, you know, how we count, but like in general, it's maybe like maybe 
nine years, maybe. Okay, okay, it's nine years, <laughs> but that's not very many. I, the that's... problem is that this period of time yeah. he was heavily correlated with economic collapse. Of course, and you know people and... do vote with their wallets, and I I, I get that. I, I just think the the idea that people don't. Correlation is not causation. And no, I understand. Don't understand exactly. It. Yeah. No, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, Some of my, you know, uh, students that I've taught, you know, several years ago, mm-hmm. they don't even understand why uh, people in power should be changed like every four years, for example. Yeah, that's really weird to me. <laughs> because as it, and they have kind of. Uh, valid intuitive arguments for that they're saying like uh if a person works as like the president for several years uh he gains or she gains more experience and it's good in terms of professional growth mm-hmm. why should we change an experienced person right. for an experienced person we don't do that with like doctors or engineers or like accountants why should we do that with people like in power and you can understand this logic. So it's it, no, it, there's an intuitive, you know, internal consistency there. I, I, I mean, the the argument against it is look around, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, just look around, dude. Uh, you can see that countries that have political freedoms tend to be better so than everything what, else. So what I mean, like, yeah, even uh, people with good level of education, like mm-hmm. uh, having you know a university degree yeah. or something, they don't understand this. You know, kind of simple things like why we should divide, you know, power into three branches. Like right. why there are three branches of power, judicial, executive and uh, legislative. Yep. Or why should we uh, have elections? Or <laughs> yeah, why <laughs> like, should we have independent courts? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and all, all of these kind of simple things, people uh, need some sort of you know maybe small lectures on youtube or you videos for that or because <laughs> imagine the situation yeah, yeah. where in russian like god comes from the sky yeah. and you know throws putin into the abyss and says like now we have fair elections and yeah. everybody could be elected and everybody can vote and what average russian person would vote for if people don't understand mm. these simple things, if they don't know the basics of economics, right. if they can distinguish real politician from populist, whom they will elect. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. it's kind of a gloom and doom, you know, prophecy from me, but yeah. I, no, no, you're I, no you're not wrong. I mean, this is this goes back. There's a quote from I think it's Dostoevsky actually talking about how people will accept despotism. I think it's Dostoevsky, and I can't remember the whole quote, so I'm not going to say it. But it's along the lines of what you're saying, which is people have this. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm confused. The world's confusing. You just you you take care of it. You you take care of it. That's fine. Um, and that's not an uncommon attitude among a lot of people. I mean, we just had an election in Ontario and we only had 50% turnout or something like that, which is just disgusting. I can't believe half the people were like, yeah, I don't feel like voting. Um, it's risky because, you know, when it happens like several elections in a row, you can't have what we had in Russia. Yeah, I know. And 
you know, you, you don't want these consequences. No. Oh, no, no, I don't. Uh, and please is... read this, you know, programs of candidates. <laughs> please go, you yeah, know, spend vote. a bit of your time. It, and takes, because it takes 10 minutes. And, you know, the candidates will come to your door and knock on your door and ask you, would, can we count on your vote? And you can say, what is your stance on this? Just ask them. Now, sometimes when I ask them questions like that, I'm very aggressive. Um, <laughs> but I can imagine. That, yeah, yeah. I, I can be a little aggressive. Uh, I did slam the door in a guy's face once. But um, you're doing a good thing in terms of your country's development. Because yeah, I try. This year, I just can't emphasize this enough yes how important it is to be involved in politics yes because i just you know see what's happening with my country exactly and, and it it like in terms of you know forecasts yeah like we can mm -hmm. uh talk a bit about yeah uh you know we made a bit of you know couple of side quests to the question of, yeah, of course. Know, when war will be ended but yeah I so what do you okay so let's yeah let's this. let's get into what we think is going to happen or it could happen what are our guesses um I guess I will my first guess is that once this is over and I think it only ends with Putin being removed from power somehow and that may be because he dies like cancer or whatever the hell he's got um it, it may be that um you know, they're going to have to use a lot of gas and a lot like, you know, petrol, put the gas in Russia just to get from one end of the table to another when he has those meetings. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, you know, I, once he's gone, there's a couple of possibilities. And I think the first one is a new leader just says, we're stopping now. We're not going to fight anymore. I don't know why they do that, but let's hope. <laughs> and then tries to make everything uh there's a an expression bellum so everything this the as as it was before the war um i doubt ukraine would like that very much because they want their country back um all of it not just bits but i think that could happen where they just say we're just gonna back off now and we're not gonna do this anymore when that that's a first that that's that's the, that and that's the first step that's still only the first step because Somebody's got to pay to fix all this stuff that they wrecked. And it wasn't Ukraine that wrecked Ukraine. It's Russia who did it. So somebody's got to pay. Um, so I don't think the sanctions stop until Russia says, we did this and we take responsibility. And I think it's going to take a long time for that to happen. But my, my first thing, I, I guess the first thing that would happen would be there would be just a we quit. We're not going to fight anymore. This we're, we're we're killing all our young men. We're killing too many people. And we're committing war crimes. Let's stop now. I expect that to be the first thing to happen. I think that will happen in a year or two. Like I said, once Putin's gone, but it'll take it'll it's going to take some time. Um, what happens after that's the big question because still, like I said, the West is still going to go. Yeah, okay, fine. We'll we'll get rid of the sanctions when you withdraw from all these places you took from Ukraine. And I don't know that. That's not going to be an easy decision for a Russian leader. It's going to have to happen. Like it is, it has to happen. There's no, if I'm a Ukrainian citizen, would I like my president to go, yeah, sure. You can have part of the country. Of course not. I wouldn't want no. that. Yeah. So I, I just have yeah. kind of a different opinion yeah, go ahead. because you are like, you know, discussing this in terms of, you know, rational person <laughs> I try. who, who tries to, <laughs> you know, 
fix problems and you understand like you know countries goals in terms of you know economic development social development sure. solving problems actually and all of that but you know, what i think uh will gonna happen like first of all uh it's not guaranteed that russia won't take like more territories from sure. oh, I, oh, because, I, think, I think there'll be some more advances sure. because yeah. if a western you know allies of ukraine won't uh, you know haste a bit and help more mm-hmm. ukraine need more help uh and weaponry and all of that because they can lose yeah. The oh yeah Oh yeah, it's possible. Yeah, sure. And is it's the worst option? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna ignore the the possibility that that happens. Yeah. But you're right, it could so, happen. Yeah. Uh, I guess that you know Russia will take those territories, and Russia now occupied like maybe a quarter of territory of modern Ukraine. It's kind of a huge, you know, territory uh, because Ukraine was the biggest country in Europe. You know, after Russia, and uh, mm-hmm. now they got like 25, uh, 25% of this turn. Uh, I guess they can try to uh, take some Pridnistrovia uh, from Moldavia, Moldova. Yep. That is, you know, highly likely. And maybe something else like Southern Ossetia or all of that declares that. You know their purposes were like reached or something like that, and it will be kind of the USSR 2.0. But yeah, I think that's the goal. Much, yeah. mu- much worse because it's smaller. It doesn't have allies from like you know yeah. uh, Eastern Europe or China. Doesn't want to help this shit in fact because they're afraid well, of the sanctions. Exactly. Yeah. And China, you know, uh, as, as brutal as the Chinese regime is, they're they actually are rational. They're they're rational. Yes, they are they rational. They aren't they aren't very stuff. nice, and I'm not a fan. But they are rational, so they know that. You know, literally, I look around at my desk here. I think everything on this desk was likely made in China, um, except yes. for that mic- the microphone I'm talking through. I think that's actually American made. But. Uh, you know, and the, okay, my audio interface is from the UK. Anyway, but the point is, most of the stuff's from China. They know where people are buying their stuff from, so it's too interconnected. There's the, that's uh, you know, yeah. So I don't think. And China, how about Russia, where European Union was the primary buyer of Russian oil and gas? You know, yeah, and that's so you know ramping down. It was a suicide, yeah, yeah economical suicide. Yeah. So. After you know the declaring of this USSR 2.0 version <laughs> with yeah. like no economy, no allies, and yes. <laughs> nothing, uh, what's gonna happen? I don't really know uh, what you know next government after Putin will mm-hmm. act like and how they will look like. Obviously, they will need to remove sanctions to like you know something you know there's some economic growth to like yes maybe as a form of humanitarian help in perspective for five years but uh who will support this from uh, Mm -hmm. both general public and elite groups because we have some you know weird term and policy uh i need to translate this in google translate uh one second 
uh, import substitution okay. policy. So they really believe they can produce yeah. everything within a uh, uh, country, no matter what it costs, and replace all the goods and services we got from, like you know, yeah. Western countries. Yeah. Like yesterday, uh, Russian uh, McDonald's was opened, yeah. and now it's called Tasty. That's it. Okay. And it's a weird <laughs> name, and they like don't have Big Mac. Uh, and some of burgers, but it, it, it works. And obviously everything Russia will produce will cost more because, you know, yeah. you don't have a scale to you know, yes. provide and it's expensive and yeah. we don't have technologies and all of that. So it will be like going to, you know, North Korea, yeah. a scenario where people nearly starve to death, they yeah. have problems with electricity and, you know, some simple facilities, GDP will fall down, but it will be a slow process. Like oh, we I think see that's true like, too. I think people expected, I think there's a lot of people, I think, who, who expected sanctions to work in three to work in, yeah, in, yeah, or in two weeks. Um, you know, uh, I remember seeing things just after the war started and even back when there were still reporters in Moscow before they made it illegal to be a reporter, basically. And you'd see these reporters and they're saying, you know, the, and the person would ask, so Steve, are the sanctions having effect yet? Well, I don't know. I still see Russians walking around with iPhones. Well, you know, they didn't say we're also taking all your phones. Um, <laughs> so well, it does, like, it, it takes time. Like look on Cuba, for example, they, you yes. know. A drive cars from 50s and 60s yes. and they're still working and, and it's not good but you can live with that so yes i guess something similar Cuba, it's warm <laughs> yeah, but no but still you can you can imagine uh such type of scenario oh, of course like, no what like, you're saying i agree i agree with you i think that that could very well happen um like people can yeah. live with it like maybe you will have you know two types of pizza, for example, and right. you know, three types of burger instead of, you know, 20. And you will have kind of, you know, the similar uh, phone model as you had, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. You can live with that and it's, it's fine. You will have, you know, your bank card, which is working within your country, for example. You, The majority of Russians never been abroad and sure. didn't have foreign passports, for example. So it was too expensive and now no one will go abroad, not because it's forbidden, but just because you don't have the money and you can you can pay for like Airbnb apartment or hotel because your your credit card is working on right within no, Russia. Exactly. So yeah, so. this is the thing where, uh, which is also something that you've gone through recently, trying to get all your money and finances in order. And yeah, it's and you know and you're not you know you're you've traveled a little bit and you've got a PhD and you know some things and it was still difficult. Um, but yeah, for the average person, they're not going to be going to, and I mean, do you think, <laughs> I don't know that, I don't know, let's say Estonia, let's just pick a country, wants a whole lot of Russian visitors right now. Um, you know, so yeah, there's not going to be a lot of tourism. Um, and, and yeah, okay. go ahead. Sorry. And yeah. instead of, you know, 10,000 of the US dollars per year, 
GDP per capita will hit like maybe six, for example. So right. it it won't be like three thousand because you know we're still mining oil, we still export things to maybe different countries with discount or something like that. Yeah. Russia still has you know a big population of one hundred forty six millions of people. They work, they produce something, not you know. Right. not very good in terms of quality it will be because of you know lack of international communication and feedback and competition and global market but still something yeah. and like it, it will work out like we can imagine this poor yeah. country with you know all these problems so maybe uh, better than north korea obviously because i uh, can't imagine the situation of hunger in modern Russia. Yeah, they still I, produce a lot of wheat. Yeah, and, all of that. and they steal wheat from Ukraine. So, uh, and you know, yeah. I guess some countries will trade with Russia with some discount, like India or China or something like that. It will be more expensive. The quality of goods will be poorer, yes. uh, uh, worse, and yeah. it it kind of. You know, we we use the word livable in Russia, so you you can live with that. Uh, it's not great, but it's not uh, you know entire catastrophe. Even right. you don't have you know like electricity, you need to go to the well to have some water from a bucket or something like that. So it would wouldn't be a total humanitarian catastrophe. It will no, be like I, I wouldn't expect that. In, it will be something between maybe. Like uh, we know that Iran lives with that for like decades. Like it's yeah. it's kind of poor country, but they have in the internet, they have you know mobile phones, they have cars, like uh, every you know everything you need. But it's kind of expensive. It's kind of problematic to get. You need yeah. some connection. But it, you know, like people get used to some. You know, elderly people get used to the Soviet deficit problems, and uh, current standards of living is still above sure. that they get used to in in years of their use, for example. Right. And it's kind of a catastrophe for people of my age and younger because they get used to like, you know. Uh, Using iPhones, uh, watching uh, Disney Plus and Netflix, and, yeah. and having some apps like Tinder, for example, and you know yeah, how are people uh, gonna how are people gonna get to find dates? They're gonna have to do it the old-fashioned way. Um, no, they will have kind of creepy oh, the, app right. from government, like uh, "Get Married, Please" or <laughs> something like that. No, so, um, exactly, and there will be a Russian version of it, and it won't be as good, but it'll exist. Um, I think you're right. I think that you know, no matter what happens, if it, 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 what will happen is that the economy will do this, and you're going to end up with something. I think somewhere between Iran and North Korea. I think it would be something between those two. I don't think it's going to be probably closer to Iran than North Korea, but I think it'd probably be something Cuba, like Cuba, for example, or Cuba. Like, uh, yeah. It's kind of you know, for people who knows, it's kind of 
Argentina scenario. Like at the beginning of the 20th century, Argentina mm. was one of the richest countries in terms of GDP per capita. Yep. They have immigrants from Europe and yep. they have, you know, prosperous ec economy with, you know, great agriculture, starting industrialization. And everybody thought that Argentina will be like the champion of 20th century in terms mm -hmm. of economical growth and political development. They met, they made several serious political mistakes. And now Argentina, like in the middle of, you know, the list of all countries with no significant achievements for decades, yeah. with horrible inflation rate, historical inflation rates and, you know, other problems. And they have, you know, different governments that like they uh, try to be friends with the US for 10 years. After that, they, for 10 years, they are kind of, you know, enemies <laughs> and all of that. So I, I guess something like that will happen in Russia. It will be closer to uh, like take Venezuela, for example, they right. had a lot of oil, you know, every political mistakes. And now it's, you know, a humanitarian catastrophe with, you know, you know, all these inflation rates, you know, possible civil war and all these problems. So I guess the problem with Russia, it will be, you know, a slow decline mm -hmm. where people won't uh, understand, like, they didn't react last three months. Right. Obviously, it was no. the last chance for change. And now it will be a slow decline, like in several years. And after that, I guess Russia still will have uh, money for, you know, army. It w wouldn't be an army uh, that can compete with, you know, NATO. No. But it still will be dangerous because of nukes. Yeah. And they will like uh, have this, you know, annexed territories and no one could take them. But, you know, it will lead to the problem with, you know, sanctions forever with, yeah. you know, all that. So I predict something like that. So probably, you know, the next uh, window of change, as we call it in Russia, will mm. open like maybe in 20, 30 years. And oh, no, I think you, you may be right. It may take that long. It may take that long. And of course, in that much time, the difference between Russia and uh, other countries will become much more stark. I think that right now, you know, like I said, sanctions take time. Uh, you know, think think about how long they took uh, about with South Africa, a much smaller country. Um, you know, it, it, it took. And it, it's it, only a successful uh, example of sanctions working actually in changing political course. And it took 15 years. Like it, and it took look 15 on years. Iran, 40 years. Nothing changed drastically. Not drastically, no. I yeah, mean, North Korea. North Korea, exactly. I mean, or uh, Iraq before the Iraq war in 2003. Um, so, yeah. You, yeah. It's, it's going to take a long time. <laughs> so I guess sanctions works uh, work in terms of, you know, creating some sort of a wall between Russia yeah. and the rest of the world. And the rest of the world just uh, will, you know, forget about you know, Russian existence. It will be like, you know, something yeah. not pleasant behind this wall is happening. But I don't know. 
I don't want to know what's happening there. Like, and and, and it's uh, funny. It's, it's it's getting like it was when I, I remember when I was a kid. You know, well, high school. You know, early university. Um, you know, there were people they called Kremlinologists, and all they did was try to figure out what was actually going on behind the scenes in in, in Soviet politics because. You know, they didn't tell you what was going on. You, the, the Politburo meetings yeah. weren't on TV, so it's and I, no you one kind of guess, right? that's, uh, this collapse of Soviet Union. So well, and that's the thing. This... And no, no one saw that coming. So this is the other thing about politics and about economies. Um, the weird thing is, we can sit here, and I, when I say we, I mean all people, not just you and I, can sit around and and make guesses and educated guesses and 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 people smarter than us about these things can make guesses too. But the number of times, and we've seen this in the past, especially when the wall fell, for example, and, and the fall of communism, um, no one saw that coming. Like, no yeah. one saw that coming. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, that's over. <laughs> it was the strangest so, thing. So that actually can happen. Like, these things can happen. Um, it's not a common thing, but it does happen where suddenly out of nowhere, everything changes. Uh, I would not be surprised if you end, if if something like that did happen, like if if you ended up in five years, just some just people going in, and I mean literally millions of people in the streets going, "That's it, we've had enough of this bullshit." Our sons and and and, and brothers, our our our, our husbands are dying. That, I, hope I hope for, for it that. too. And then I hope for people to say, and we did a bad thing and we will try to fix it. So that's, that's why the, the harder step. Yeah. So that's why our podcast is called My Nuremberg. My Nuremberg. Like, that's right. Yeah. In honor of Nuremberg process after yes. World War II. So that's, I'm convinced that Russia needs its own, you know, Nuremberg, oh, think, Gaga so. or something like that, because the, uh, people should be judged for that, you know, uh, exactly. and we, we, we need to, you know, punish those people who committed this, you know, war crimes. We should admit our guilt and, you know, take responsibility for what happened and try yeah. to fix this. It can be fixed, but we need to make something to, you know, at least, you know, repair infrastructure. We can't return killed people. No. But we can pay, like, some sort of a debt, uh, at least recovering uh, Ukraine. But I, maybe I'm now a bit over pessimistic because of all the experience uh, I had last, uh, you know, years and months. Yeah, but I don't see like the scenario of you know fast changes just because no. um, I don't see who can be like people who change society, who um, put forward the project of uh, reforms, for example. Yep. Like all the competent people who thought that it's not. It's abnormal what's happening with Russia. They're now abroad. Like I uh, watch and listen a lot of experts, and now they're uh, like everywhere: Germany, Israel, mm -hmm. the US, Canada, yeah. you know, Georgia, and uh, Armenia, and other countries. So everybody fled from Russia. And who will change country? Who will propose, you know, yeah. uh, solutions for those problems? Like it's horrible problems yeah. you can't easily like create a plan what 
how to deal with it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, add to that that Russia has like uh, an epidemic of uh, AIDS, for example. We have ecological problems, we have economical problems, we have demography problems because, you know, a lot of people died because of COVID, a lot of people died on this war. We yeah. have aging population, we have, you know, now we are not attractive to immigrants from like any country yeah. in the world, like maybe from North Korea, some, <laughs> somebody will, you know, come. So even in this term, so how can you fix all this shit? Like, how can you change a political system where all the actors are interested to save the corruption? Because yeah. every everybody work, you know, through corruption uh, connections or something. How, how can you deal with it? Even if you gather like the world best experts yeah. in all areas, and you will have politicians who will implement all these, you know, steps of those plans like directly without any hesitation or you know some populism. I'm not sure it can be fixed. Like you know, maybe even in in 20 years, because like you mentioned, you're going from like. Now it's ten thousand dollars. It was fifteen thousand uh, dollars a year for a person uh, ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I can imagine like we go into six thousand, and how can you grow so fast? Like even uh, successful examples, like for example South Korea. Yep. They had you know dictatorship uh, thirty years ago. For, that's right. And, that's right. And, and I mean, they did yeah. a great job, but it they uh, it took. 30 years yes. of constant labor and now they have problems because you know people work you know work around the clock like yes. 10 and 11 hours a day and they don't have vacations and all that and still it took 30 years to grow from that awful point they were nearly a start there yeah. so North Korea was richer than South Korea yeah that's right the, that's right if you didn't know that it's you know a surprising fact but still it took so long i'm not sure i will see like you know great russia future even when i will be your age yeah yeah and just maybe twenty thousand dollars per right. year for person like on the portugal level or right yeah i i i and i think that's you know, sadly, I think you're probably right. Um, and I think at some point, you know, like I said, for this to all end, somebody's got to say whose fault it was and they have to admit, you know, and you're saying, like you're saying, there has to be, um, you know, real admission of guilt and, you know, war crimes trials and all that stuff. And that's, 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 a, that's a while away. I don't think it's going to happen next week. Then again, maybe we'll be wrong and it'll happen tomorrow. But that seems extremely unlikely. So our basic, you know, conjecture, our yeah. basic forecast, if nothing changes drastically, if uh, nothing new adds to these situations, uh, we predict a kind of annexion of these territories by Russia. And, yeah. you know, this nuke, uh, you know, threat 
because you know they do that and after that you know slow degradation within russia for next like you know couple of decades before everything will become that bad that people will you know obviously understand that we should change something and you know someone will propose something but again we lost a lot of you know good experts and right. russia russia had, has these problems for last 100 you know 10 years yeah. you know after the uh, russian empire collapse you know we lost a lot of people like scientists philosophers mm -hmm. architects composers they all immigrated in europe the us and canada mm -hmm. after the ussr collapse a lot of people left country and yeah. they just can't, don't attend you know elections they don't work and don't propose something to solve problems and now we have you know another wave of migration and yeah. like a lot of you know it specialists entrepreneurs scientists like i'm a phd phd like uh, you know psychologist university professor i know yep. english i could do a lot of good things in russia but now i won't because yeah. obviously i can't because yeah. i will get like 15 years of prison <laughs> if i will return it's not a yeah. No. Great thing. You you don't need to do that with educated people who can help develop your country. That's right. But I mean, that's it's, that's like that's, that's a thing that authoritarian regimes do all the time. Is they they and you know, who yeah. will you know solve all these problems if you don't have mm -hmm. you know educated people? If that's you right. don't have active people and that's right. If you don't have people who understand what happens happens in like global world if you don't have people who speak foreign languages like who, who will change like uh, there is no intuitive uh, solution to this you know awful problems no oh, it can be right. solved like a guy who graduated from school uh, not because school is bad just because those problems are too complicated you know yes. even for world-class experts that's right and, and yeah, and when you're losing them, that's what's what's you're you're right about that. Um, well, that's depressing. <laughs> okay, it's a Russian podcast. It's it's, it's exactly it's a Russian <laughs> podcast. So that's why we are. That's why we're yeah. always so depressing. <laughs> okay, you should teach me a word, and I think the word today should be now, unless it's one of those words that's the same in English and Russian. That's no fun. Uh, school. How do you? Because you're talking a lot about education or school or education, something like that. We will choose school because it's oh, easier, school. you know, okay. to pronounce. Uh, it sounds a bit similar because in Russian it, it has has the same root. Yeah, sure. So uh, here it sounds schola. Schola. Yeah, perfect. Wow, perfect. I've never got perfect From in the, the first, first one. Attempt. Yeah. That's right. Come I mean, again. Schola. Schola. Yeah. Schola. Let's see. Yeah. I can. I. I. I will. So I would walk into a school and I would say "Privet Schola." It's me saying yeah. hello to the whole school. Yeah, it sounds fine. It's yeah. not, you. It sounds, I love that. Yeah. It sounds. It's fine. That's, that's a progress, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Russian is is hard in terms of pronunciation because uh, you have different letters, different phonemes. And, I mean, and, different sounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you were impressed by the sound of yeah. uh, last time. <laughs> Not a good one. I, I still can't say that one. I'm then I'm, I'm gonna, but uh, and believe me, when I learned mostly as an adult to speak French, um, 
you know, learning, there's, a, there's, there's three kinds of R's and there's two of them that are in the back of your throat. And it took me like 15 years to be able to say instead of or and I know those probably all sounded exactly the same to you. But I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to learn Armenian, but I'm right. not doing that well because there have even like worse alphabets in Russian. And yeah, that alphabet they've got is crazy, right? Uh, like it just doesn't, it looks like six letters. Okay. And it's a lot. You know, you need to. It's learn. a lot more than I'm used to. And it's hard to pronounce a lot of sounds, even in comparison sure. to Russian. Uh, and uh, I just can memorize some, you know, general expressions. Right. And but it's kind of understandable for. So you can people, you can but... you can walk into a store and say when the person says hello, how are you? Do you need any help? You can say no, thank you, I'm fine, or something like that, but they hear your Russian accent probably, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there, like, uh, people here react really positively if you try even to use oh, no, this that's, one word in that's Armenian. What, that's what you do, of course, support, of course. It, it supports a lot because it's also that's just why, a of respect, right? That's why I learned, like, you know, several dozens of words uh, in these three months, and probably... That's the end because we leave this, you know, Friday, and I'm not sure I will learn more Armenian in next couple of years. But I'm still interested to learn this because yeah. I'm water Armenian, yeah. and it's my, you know, roots too. Right. And it was a really, really, you know, exciting and maybe thrilling to visit Armenia because of now yeah. I understand my history of my family better right. and um, I now I know that I have some you know Armenian habits I didn't know okay. about and that's a topic for our next episode we should do that we should do that um, and as we always do we'd like to remind everybody listening to please try to give to the uh, United Nations uh, High Commissioner for Refugees uh, and also to the Red Cross. There will be links on the post. Uh, Ukraine now them. needs any help you can. Any, provide. Yeah, exactly. Anything. Um, you People know, struggle uh, for their lives and they need to recover the whole country from like, you know, yeah, from zero, from a scratch, and every single dollar will be useful. They can buy, you know, drugs and medicine for their people, yeah. uh, food, uh, you know, clothes, anything. Please yep, help exactly. those people because you have working credit cards and you can actually transfer your money abroad. Yeah, and you sh and you know, people should also just look even in their local communities. I think people would be surprised about how many you know local initiatives there are in various uh, communities around the world, just trying to help out either refugees who have come or people still in Ukraine. Uh, on that note, Dan, thank you very much. I will talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you, Dave.